Welcome back to Swing and a Drive. Lorenz here, and I'm joined by Luch today. Hey, guys. So um, today we're going to be talking about uh, the AL East, give you a bit of a rundown about uh, just some of our opinions, some of our thoughts, and um, uh, well, basically what we think is going on. So I'll, I'll turn it over to Luch. How do you want to open this, buddy? Uh, sure. Uh, we can start just talking about each team. We can start off with uh, who we believe is going to finish the bottom of the AL East, the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I'll, I'll run you through a quick projected lineup for the O's. Um, for Baltimore, they have projected right now catching. They're sharing duties between Francisco and Pedro Severino. So that's pretty interesting. Both younger guys, 26 and 27. Um, I do like Pedro Severino a little bit more than Cisco. I think he's a better, better bat than Cisco, but uh, it's not bad. It's exciting there. And also they have Adley Rutschman coming up projected 21, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think that'll be 22 or may, maybe like a September call up. I, I guess we'll see with Adley. Um, uh, I don't see a point in rushing him along. Mm-hmm. Baltimore's got a way to come along still. So they'll, uh, they'll take their time with him. Yeah, for sure. It's just on, uh, on fan graphs right here. They haven't projected 2021. I was just thinking about that now too. Like I, I don't see the need for them to call him up this year. Um, yeah, they're, they're not going gonna... anywhere anyways. You might yeah, as well. Exactly. So what, if you lose a few more games, you move up a pick spot or two? Why not? Exactly. exactly. Uh, moving on for the Orioles, uh, continue this lineup. First base, their rookie last year, he was fantastic. And Ryan Mountcastle, um, excited mm. for to see what he can do in his sophomore season. I really like Ryan Mountcastle. Do you have anything on him? Or... Um, I think he's... I think he's solid and everything. He didn't, um, I haven't watched him play a whole lot, mm-hmm. but I know he hits for a high average. He's got a little bit of a pop. Um, he's going to be an interesting developmental piece that the, the O's are going to have for a, a good long while. He'll be an important part of the team when it contends. Yeah, I agree for sure. I, I like Ryan Mountcastle because he's he's kind of different from your typical first baseman nowadays. He's, he does have some power. Like here, on, here they're projecting him 25 home runs. But uh, the difference with Mountcastle is he does hit for high average as a first baseman, though. So I really I'm like sorry, Luke, you, you're saying first baseman. Does he not play second base shortstop? No, uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he's a first base and his backup is like outfield. Really? Uh, yeah, first base outfielder. Yeah. Oh, that, that's my mistake. I'm thinking about someone else, then. Second base and, and first base. Who plays second base and, fir- and first base? No, I thought second base shortstop. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my mistake. Uh, for two, uh, they lost Hanser Alberto this offseason, but they replaced him with the fantastic defender, Yolmer Sanchez. He's 28, turning 29 now. Uh, he's kind of going to be your veteran. He's not the best bat, but he's a great fielder and good for the younger kids, I guess. Exactly, some leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, third base, Rio Ruiz. He's, a, he's 27 years old. Uh, I don't know. I, I like him. He's got a, a little bit of yeah, pop. That, that's um sorry to cut you off here, but I think that's that's a common theme with um this year's Baltimore Orioles team. I don't know. It uh, yeah. these guys they they are who they are. There's not much to really. They're not uh, many noteworthy names here. I agree. It's just I don't know. Yeah, uh, Ruiz has like you can get excited if if you're an Orioles fan. I think that's it. If you're a baseball fan, you probably have never even heard of him. Uh, yeah, moving on shortstop, they lost, uh, Jose Iglesias, who was a pleasant surprise for them last season. And they replaced him with another veteran, sure. Freddie Galvis, kind of similar. Uh, he'll pick it pretty well at short, not expect anything great from the bat. I do love Galvis, uh, coming from a Jays fan, a little biased there, but, 
switch hitter too. So that's nice for Baltimore. Also, same thing, kind of veteran presence to help out the O's young guys. Same thing, like Lauren said before. Eh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Almost. Uh, uh, you know, it's the Orioles. There's not much, to, not much to do, not much to say. Yeah. Um. However, though, I think these next four positions in the outfield and DH is a little bit more exciting. I, I would think. Uh, left. I agree, field. especially about one name in particular. But I'll let you get to it. <laughs> yes, for sure. We'll talk to we'll talk about him when we get to him. Uh, left field is DJ Stewart. Left hitting power bat I, I don't know what's how to describe him but but he's not a bad bat though um I have watched him play a little bit because we, we play the Orioles quite a bit and, and I do like DJ Stewart um but same thing eh? uh I don't yeah. think you have anything on that moving on to center center field they have Austin Hayes uh he's one guy that I'm really big on though I already picked him as one of the Baltimore Orioles breakout players I agree yeah. I think though uh, just just um a little difference of opinion here. I, I do have him to break out as well, but I think he's going to break out more with his glove than with his bat. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm I'm glad you said that. I thought you were going to go in the other direction saying no. no, no, no. Um, but yeah, no. Austin Hayes, young. He's only 25. Um, he's a fantastic defender. I, I love what he does with the glove. So I think that's where he'll definitely break out. But he has sneaky power. Like he, I could see him knocking out like twenty-five bombs, and people not really talking about it. So that's yeah. What it comes kind of from excited his legs and his in his uh, his mm-hmm. twist, his, his abdomen. He's not a super large guy, but it kind of reminds me like um, he gets his power the same way Teoscar does. Okay, that's actually a fair comparison. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I like that. <laughs> um, right field. Uh, this is a really confusing one for me. I think uh, Anthony Santander, Santander. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, short switch hitting right fielder. He's still young. Uh, he kind of raked last year, and then he got yeah, hurt. Kind of the guy. He was uh, right up until he got hurt. He was playing like an MVP. I know. That's why I say I'm kind of confused because before that wasn't that great. Like his stats don't don't mm-hmm. uh, surprise. Don't like um, stand out. Nothing right? pops yeah. out. Yeah. 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 Uh, so after, uh, I don't even know how many games you could ask you, like 35, 40 games, not even. Um, like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, something in that range. Yeah. So like, what does that mean to you? Like, do you think he's going to actually do something this year? I don't think he'll be a nobody. I think, I don't think he'll tear the cover off the baseball. Like he, he did last year. Um, I was big on him last year. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm very hesitant to make my um, my predictions based on last year. It, it it kind of hurts his case, in my opinion, that in, in the 2019, I had no idea who this kid was. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I think he's definitely got the potential, though. I mean, you know, he's shown up. All right. How about this? He's uh, fan graphs here has him projected to hit 29 home runs and hit 263 over under on those. I'll go over on the batting average, and I'll call it about even on the homers. Okay, so around I the, see him hitting about. Yeah, I see him hitting about. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, about between twenty and twenty-eight homers, and then about a two seventy-five average, a little bit higher. Okay, I like that. Uh, that's what I see. I like that. Good fan graphs had him at two sixty-eight. Two sixty-three. Yeah, I could see I could see a 275 280 finish for him. Yeah, I think I could I could agree with that. 275 sounds about right. Um DH for the Orioles, he uh, we are all super excited to see him back on the field. Uh, Trey Mancini. Uh, 
Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I'll, let you, I'll let you talk about him. I know you're, you love Trey Mancini. Yeah, I'm a huge Mancini guy. I, you know, he's a bit of a J killer, which is, but you know, it's something I respect him for. He hits for power. He, he just hits in general. Um, obviously a horrible, horrible story. Colon cancer, I believe it was last year. Yeah. Stage or, three uh, colon cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he beat it. So, you know, he's coming back on the field. You, you always love to see something like that. A, you know, a fierce competitor coming back from an injury. Well, I suppose mm-hmm. you could call it an injury like that, an illness and uh, making a comeback. I, I hope really great things for him. And I think it wouldn't be unreasonable to, um, expect big things either like carlos carrasco came back from leukemia in 2020 and he had himself a very nice little year oh yeah so uh yeah that's those are my thoughts on trey mancini definitely someone to watch out for one of my more favorite players in the league so yeah trey mancini are we saying he's a lock for comeback player of the year uh you sprung that one on me a little bit uh I'll say yes for now, but that's partially because there's not someone I could really. The only other, the only other way I could think of is if Chris Sale comes back and starts to run, or or Corey Kluber, Chris Sale or Corey Kluber, um, they come back throwing like their old cells. More so Corey Kluber because he hasn't. He pitched one inning in 2020. He missed a whole bunch of time in 2019. I could see it being between them. Yeah, yeah, I can agree. I was kind of thinking, you know. Hmm. Kluber, maybe his only other mm-hmm. competitor with that award, but uh, nah, huh. I, 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 I can't see. Yeah, I, I can't see if let's say let's say Messini plays like one forty, even even like one twenty. I, I think I think he'll get the award. Yeah, how do you not give it to a guy like that? Exactly. Again, like the the only way I can see it not having it is if Corey Kluber turns in a Cy Young caliber season for the Yankees, which is very capable. He's very capable of doing something like that. Okay. Well, um, but yeah, so I suppose that's it. And then uh, do you want to move on to their to their staff, nice and quick? Sure. Uh, I'm gonna fly through it real quick because there's not too much exciting stuff going on. John Means, Keegan Aiken, Dean Kramer, Jorge Lopez, and King Felix. So. Uh, with those five, that's the projection right now, at least. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody else like fighting for that spot. I'm not no, too sure. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. But uh, for this um, starting five, the two beside, okay, well, I guess all of them actually, except for Jorge Lopez, maybe. But um, John Means, a, I'm excited because I'm a big John Means guy. I love, love John Means. I appreciate him. Uh, yeah, and He's I just, Canadian, is he not? I, I don't think so. Let me check. For some reason, I have it in my head he's Canadian. That might be just some tomfoolery there. Drafted 2014. Hmm. No, he's an American professional baseball player. That's uh, okay. Well, fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love John Means because that's my type of pitcher, like a John Means slash Ryan Baraki kind of a lefty with a with a nice change up. It's not not the he's not gonna pump 97, but like he'll locate on you. That, that's my type of guy. Um, ground balls, ground balls, yeah. low ERA, and not a whole lot of dingers against. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he's 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 turning twenty eight now. Lefty, like I said, got the nasty changeup, good location. He's your ace for your Baltimore Orioles. Uh, that's not something you want to say. Like you don't want to call means no, your ace. I I see John means as if if I'm going to be completely honest, as a very good number three. I don't quite yes. see him okay. as a two. Okay. I see him as a, as a very good number three. He's a three. He's a three in in teams that are contending. 
Is that, is that a fair well, statement? Well, I feel like that that's what um, you, you typically base it off of. But, when you build but, your, like, uh, your competitive roster, I'd like to see John Means at the three with two people ahead of him. Okay, that's fair. So, so, but also he's he's your ace in a rebuild. For now, yes. Sure. Okay, sure. That's fair. Um, I, I I'm gonna put this out out there saying, I think that he puts it all together and has a really good year. He was one of my uh, breakout ish players. Like, I just expect him to have a good year. How about that? that that's fair. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So keep an eye out on John Means. Uh, if we move down the rotation, Aiken and Kramer, we can kind of do them to Kramer, Kramer. I don't know how to pronounce that name. They're both 25. <laughs> yeah, both 25. Um, I think they both had a – yeah, they had, their service time is there. Okay, they played a couple innings each last season. Nothing special. I can look at their stats uh, if you want, but I don't think it really matters. Um, oh, they, they both were fairly high prospects in terms of Orioles organization, not overall, mm-hmm. but um, they were decent prospects. Um, I think a- Aiken was the higher one, I believe. Um, but again, nothing, exactly. nothing incredible here. There are no Nate Pearson, Mackenzie Gore, uh, well, Casey Mike players. Yeah, but these are the type of guys that you you want to like. They're your number. They're your future number fours, which is a good uh, thing to have up in your rotation. No, that's what I see. I what, see it like they're, they're intermediary players. So I, like a, I feel they have ceiling as a number two. Their floor is a five. Uh, their floor is a bullpen. I disagree there. I disagree there. I, I'd you're call tell- their ceiling a three. You're telling me a guy like Keegan Aiken, for example, who was fairly well touted coming out of the organization, the Orioles organization, can't potentially have a two if he like. You never know how he's going well, to play. Like I say, I, I, I I say ceiling. I say ceiling uh, as two only because I want to be optimistic be and say he develops. I suppose, but um, I'm I'm gonna stick with my gut here and say uh, uh, between a three and five for them both. Well, a good right. quality pitching, quality pitching. But, That's uh, fair. If you're if you're I, the Orioles, so. you're looking to develop your 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 pitching prospects aren't special and and but there's something else you gotta you gotta take into account. There's not not only the talent of the um of the pitcher, but the talent of of the hitting he's facing. And quite frankly, the AL East is quite stacked with batters. Yeah. So. That's true. Okay. Well, Aiken and Kramer, both ceiling as your number three. Then you move down. They have Jorge Lopez. He's 28 now. Um, he showed some signs of decent pitching a couple years back with KC. He's been injured a couple times. Um, yeah, he's your number four or five this year. But moving forward in your rebuild as, Bald, as, as with the Orioles, he's not in your future plans. Yeah, for sure. One of uh, just, just a nice uh, little stepping stone guy. Eat some innings for you, and exactly. uh, you know, try to make the game a little bit more fun to watch for uh, the fans. Exactly. But I wouldn't get your hopes up too far. No. Um. The only thing about him is he's twenty eight. Um. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that really means anything, but he is twenty eight. Well, well so. to, to me, it means that, like in the past, I've seen a lot of pitchers at. Typically for me, it takes, or from what I've seen rather, pitchers tend to break out later in their careers than not. And 28, 29 is right about that time where I think for a lot of people, stuff clicks. And then, you know, the, you get the control down. And then once you get the control down, you can work on velocity. And then from your 20, as soon as you enter your prime for pitchers, that's when your career really starts. Mm-hmm. that's what i see so it'll be interesting i don't think pablo lopez or sorry jorge lopez is going to be something um 
something insane. But I think there's room for improvement there. He's only 28. Uh, the O's you know, might keep him around for a couple of years if, if that's what they need, yeah. a, a reliable innings eater, and we'll see what happens. Speaking of innings eater, they're number five, King Felix. If he makes the roster, um, regardless if you're an O's fan or not, that gives you a reason to watch a Baltimore Orioles game. I For am sure. super excited to watch King Felix pitch again in the MLB. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he's uh he's only 34. Exactly. So you never know. I wouldn't count him out yet. Mm-hmm. I'm um, excited. A lot of mileage on the air. Yeah. Uh he's not the same pitcher he was, obviously, but I think he, mm-hmm. he can he can adjust to it. We'll see what he does. Maybe like a grink, a grinky kind of thing. We'll see. Perhaps, yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. What a what a transition from a flamethrower to, quite frankly, that's not. why. Um, that's why Greg you know, is my my favorite pitcher in the MLB. I love he he Greg. adjusted. You know, people often forget. I feel that Zach Greinke uh, has more career strikeouts than Max Scherzer. Wow, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, he does. He's um, it's not it's not much anymore because you know Scherzer's gross trucking ahead but and, and Zach Grinky's not but um yeah it's he used he used to throw heat now now you know he's like five miles an hour curveball oh yeah now he's now he's topping like 89 yeah yeah um okay Baltimore Orioles bullpen right before we move on I'm just gonna quickly list a couple guys Hunter Harvey Tanner Scott Cesar Valdez Dylan Tate Paul Fry Armstrong Scroller and Wells um, so what happened to Michael Givens? They don't have Michael Givens anymore. Uh, Givens on the Mets. Really? Yeah. I like okay. them for the Mets. I think he's going to be gross. But um, looking at this pen, two names I want to kind of that stick out to me are Hunter Harvey, who's projected to close for them. Whatever. We'll see, we'll see what he does. I, I don't expect anything huge from him. But I the, don't see Baltimore coming out with um, with a proper closer. I think a whole mm-hmm. bunch of guys are going to get a whole lot of chances. That's fair. Well, if they did had to have like one closer, it's Tanner Scott. I don't know if you've ever watched him pitch. I have. You, he's um, he's yeah. ins- he's so gross. Like he's one guy. If like if if I'm watching an Orioles game, I want to see Tanner Scott out of the pen. That guy is disgusting. But also, it's it's worth noting that um, that doesn't always translate in the in the closing role. Like if you look at someone like James Kernchuk, who had a 17.8 K per nine, I believe, when he wasn't close, or just all of last year. In a microscopic era, as soon as Cleveland gave him save opportunities, he fell apart in that ninth inning. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be something interesting to watch. It really bloomed his ERA at the end of the season. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons. That, that's why guys like Chaz Rowe aren't closers. Like, they're yeah. filthy, they're disgusting, but sometimes it just doesn't work. There's more to it. So then if you, if Tanner Scott doesn't close for them, that's cool. Let him be your eighth inning guy. Let him just absolutely dominate. And I want to see those stats in a full season as an eight for man. Sure. With like a friggin' 13k per nine or something ridiculous. Um, I'm glad you brought it up before. I know we're not gonna go into the AL Central this episode, but uh, James Karinchak, how do you mm-hmm. think he does this year? You know what? I'm gonna say he starts it off slow, and it's gonna be Cleveland right now. They're gonna give him a long leash. He he. It's the whole reason why they 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 dumped Brad Hand. Well, for salary as well, but. If they didn't have James Krinjic in their system, as fickle as the Indians are, I don't see them waving Brad Hand. So he's going to have leagues. a bit of a leash, and um, he's going to have some time to adjust. I see a rocky start in the beginning, but I think he'll settle down. Once he does, he'll be dominant. All right. So, That's yeah. fair. 
So um, we can kind of do it now, I guess. So we have uh, the Orioles ranked as our fifth team uh, in the mm-hmm. East. Before we move on to the fourth, uh, let's just throw out. What do you think their final record ends up at? Final. I think they. I think they lose. Here, one second. They. Ooh, I think they lose ninety-five. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll give you a loss total there. I think they lose ninety-five. All right, that's actually pretty. Awesome, because the Fangraphs has them losing 96, so oh. spot on there. There we go. Um, um, I'm going to be optimistic with mine, and I'm going to say 92. Oh, wow. How much bread and cheery of you? I, <laughs> no, uh, I, I feel, though, I'm going to say this. This might be very um, hot. Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know how the yeah. word is. If the mm. Orioles played in the nl central or al central they only lose like 84 games i disagree well that's why i'm saying that that's a super hot take that i'm trying to say but i'm just trying to put out there that i think that they're gonna be kind of crappy this year mainly because they're in the al east i don't think you're too far off with that number if you put them in the central i'd probably get them losing 88. okay okay so i don't think you're too far off there but because quite frankly, the central sucks. It's awful. This is the NL Central we're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. being clear, NL Central, not the AL Central. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, fourth in the AL East, Sox or Rays? Sox. Mm-hmm, I agree. Yeah, uh, not by much. I see the Rays being the Rays and developing people out of nowhere. Luis Patino is going to be up, and he's going to be starting. Um, kind of help lessen the blows of the rotation. They still got you know Blas now and uh Yarbrough, so I they're serviceable, serviceable people still. Okay, uh, the bats are you know the, the bats are the raised bats, it's a nice small ball club. They, they could use a little bit more pop, but it's gonna be interesting. Uh, Tampa Bay always has some kind of way to pull out wins, they've got unbelievable defense. I remember that wild card series against the Jays, mm-hmm. they absolutely. You know, the defense stole the show. You know, Jays didn't perform as they should have either, but their race defense was phenomenal. So that, that definitely wins ball games when you're when you're that good. Yeah. Um, all right, talking about the Red Sox, who we think is gonna finish fourth. I will quickly run through the lineup and then you can uh, uh I'll stop you when I, uh, yeah, that you yeah. feel worth talking about. Uh behind the dish, Christian Vasquez. Uh, you know, I'll uh, stop you there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go for it. He is honestly a solid catcher. I think I think he's played time at first. I'm not sure if, I, if I'm right there. Um, but something about Christian Vasquez and first base rings a bell to me. Um, either way, just, just a solid catcher, solid offensive catcher. He's got pop. He's not uh, not going to be your, your team MVP, but a solid person to have in the order. Anyways, sorry. Okay, and I was just just trying to look it up. Wait, uh, oh, that's all right. Vasquez, he played sixty-three innings at first in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's so still, he's their catcher first. now, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, first base though uh, is projected by Fangraphs to be held by Bobby Dalbeck. So apparently, okay, watch. Well, yeah, that makes sense. What am I saying? Um, he because Mitch Moreland to the uh, yes, AC, yes. I think, right? Uh, Moreland, no, he's he was with the pod. Oh, no, wait, he's a free agent. Where did he sign? 
I'm pretty sure he signed with uh, KC. I can't remember. Or maybe Oakland? I, oh, Oakland sounds... Damn, why am I... Yeah, Oakland, Oakland. Oakland. Okay, Oakland. okay. I would say Oakland sounded about right. Yeah, so... Okay, okay. Um, Dahlbeck at first. Um, yes, because I know he's a third baseman, but he's playing one because of Devers. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm assuming yeah. he'll DH a bit too, but DH will mostly be JD, but... Yeah, Bobby Dalbeck, 25, turning 26, had a decent rookie season in 2020. How do you think he High plays upside. this year? Um, I think there's going to be improvement there, you know, more regular at-bats and um, just going to – more at-bats in general because it's going to be 162 games. Well, so far. It's not jinx anything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I no, I don't have much to say about Bobby Dalbeck, if I'm going to be honest. Um Call it from a lack of experience. I'm not too familiar with his game. Okay, well, that's fair. Uh, neither am I. Um, I just know he's got a ton of pop. Projecting 29 mm-hmm. bombs for him, I think that's a bit much. He's he's it'll be his technically his rookie season because actually don't forget um, the MLB's deadening balls. So I hope 29 home runs might be a little bit more than um, it's going to be more like 2015 home run totals. With 20, 29 home runs will be a Dude, big number. I, I really hope so. I really oh hope same that's here. True. I'm I, I'm really big on the small ball. I always have been. We should do an episode on that later. Looking after we finish oh, yeah. all these rankings, we should definitely do a. So tune in next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second base, Kike Hernandez. That's fun. That's about it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's fun. For Red Sox fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I guess it's, you know, not so much fun for LA fans. Big part of the organization there for a long time. But, you know, they've got studs like Gavin Lux and. Ooh, I could talk about for a while too, but we'll save that for another episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- sliding over third base, Raphael Devers, um, the streakiest hitter that. in baseball. Jeez, there's there's stretches where this kid is the best player in baseball, but then there's stretches where it's it's bad. He doesn't deserve to be on a roster. Mm-hmm. But the so thing is, he, he's 24. Yeah, he's got to put it all together. I I don't think when he does put it all together, I don't think he'll be a top five player in baseball. And I don't think so. I think um, he'll be an all-star. Um, he's got time to grow. So we'll see what happens with Rafael Devers. But I think part of the consistency in his plate approach is going to, I don't know how to say this. I don't see him hitting 385 over the year. I don't see him being this crazy average guy who hits, you know, 40 bombs, like like an Acuna type character. I, I don't really see that from Devers. I see it more as, you know he'll he'll get you thirty bombs and then he'll be a big RBI man. That's a fair point too. Um, I like Devers a lot, um, but I I feel like I feel like he's overrated. Is I don't know if that's fair to say. Raphael Devers is a, is a weird player because he's yeah. overrated and underrated at the exact same exactly, time. Exactly. Exactly. When in the season you start talking about him because when he's hot, everyone proclaims him the Messiah, and when he's low, everyone calls him. Something I'd, I'd rather not say on this podcast. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's it's a, he's a weird type of player to talk about. I think, anyways. Yeah. Um, speaking of weird, if we move on to shortstop, I could talk about this guy forever. Xander Bogarts mm. is by far the most underrated player in baseball. He's a top like. Anthony no matter... Rendon would give him a run for his money, but uh, definitely up there. Well, yeah, if I'm ranking shortstops in baseball, Bogarts is my number two, but um, I, I think there's a consensus he's a top five. I mean, even, yeah, for, people, top even five for the casual for sure. fan. 
for me per personally, I put him at three. I'd put Trey Turner above him, um, but it's very close between. Ah, I don't even know if I'd do that actually. Uh, but, I have him slightly above Turner only because he's like a lot better, better with defensively. The bat. Uh, but Turner's, oh really? No, Turner's the better defender. Is he? Actually, oh, you know what? I don't want to. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Bogarts is a gold lover, no? Now you're making me double guess. We myself. might. We might both be. Right, uh, let's. Let's end the talk on. Let's. <laughs> let's end the talk on Bogarts here. Let's move on because we like him. Okay, he's a good hitter. He's gonna hit two for the Red Sox. He's a beast. Move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, left field. Gold glove finalist. He was a gold glove finalist. Okay, then I take back what I said. So he's a good defender. Then Turner mm-hmm. just is more of an all-around. Like, Turner's got speed, mm-hmm. and I think he's got like a little bit more balanced and everything as term as opposed mm-hmm. to Bogarts. Well, Turner more. Turner definitely has more speed. He's the fastest player in the league right now. Yeah. I think. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah. Anyways, moving on. Uh, left field. Um, another breakout candidate, uh, Franchi Cordero. I'm big on him. Ton of pop. He's projected to make their opening day roster. Yeah, projected to be their starting oh. left fielder. I didn't know that. Okay. He's excited. That's exciting for Red Sox fans just because he's only 26. He's got a ton of power. Hasn't been hasn't been able to stick it with the Padres and Royals. If he plays every day and if he can find a way to put it all together, he's a type of guy who could easily put up 30 home runs, but I don't see him doing that just because he's super consistent, hasn't done it yet. But yet again, mm. That's what breakouts are. They could come out of nowhere. So keep an eye out on Franchi Cordero. All right. And then so next up, we got center field. They got to find it. So who who is their protected center fielder after uh, the departure of JBJ? Zan, uh, sorry, Zan. Alex Verdugo is their projected center fielder. And ah, of I am course, of so course. excited about that. I love this kid. I think he's another. I know I've said this a lot today, but this, I think he's another breakout candidate. He's, uh, he's pretty underrated, in my opinion. He has hits for high average, plays great defense. He's a and solid center fielder. You know what, Luch? Do you mind reading me some of his 2020 stats? I you would got love nothing because more. You know, and maybe this is an uneducated opinion, but there's always been some big reservation about uh, Alex Verdugo for me. Even when when they acquired him for Mookie Betts, obviously LA won that deal. You know, there's no question about it. But I was underwhelmed with the return, and I remember Verdugo being a big name in the return, right. but. Um, in 2020, Dugo had played 53 games. He hit six home runs, uh, but that's not important. He hit 308 with a 367 on base, 478 slug, 844 OPS, and a 126 OPS plus. So pretty solid numbers. His war, for sure. Um, where's the war? Uh, 2.2 I don't know. war. So that's pretty solid for a 2020 season. Um, Mind you, also on a very, very. Uh... Very cheekily bad Red Sox team, so that exactly. helps with war. Yeah, um, he, he actually got some MVP votes. He finished 12th in MVP voting. You know what? Um, I hope he makes me eat my words this year. I hope so. I'm not, not super big on him. Okay. That's a obviously fair point, but uh, I, I am... Just gut feeling. I, I have no, uh, no stats to back me up. It's just a gut feeling, and I, and I like to trust my gut. Well, okay. If we're talking about... Gut feelings moving on to right field. I am not big on Hunter Renfro for the Boston. Not at all. He should retire. Uh, um, nothing against him, obviously. I just don't think he's a everyday right fielder if you want to compete. I mean, yeah, he'll knock out 30 home runs, but I mean, his batting average is terrible. He's like Jock Peterson, just will he even knock out 30 home runs? Well, he's projected to hit 29. Well, projection, Uh, projections. That's what I'm saying. Like, let me see. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I think he's gonna have a. He's 
I, I, I predict more regression for Hunter. In, in 19, he hit 33. I, I predict the regression. In 42 games last year, he hit eight. So, I mean, that's not special. Um, yeah, I don't see him putting up more than 24, 25. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we got the, the DHJD Martinez. I expect bounce, bounce back. back. Yeah. Uh, someone I'm going to be looking to take in fantasy. I'll give you a little tip there, Luch. Oh, um, okay. Our draft is tomorrow night. Super excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to win. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, JD Martinez didn't have the best 2020. I think he's he was pretty uh pretty rocky at least at the beginning, if I if I remember correctly. Um, it, um I don't I obviously don't know this for sure. I don't have uh, evidence or whatever to back this up, but just watching a couple Red Sox games, it it honestly looked like. In his mind, it was, oh, our team sucks this year. I'm just not going to try. Just it, it looked terrible. It looked like he had absolutely it, no care. Well, to be fair, a lot of that Red Sox team did. It was very – and you know what? I kind of understand. It was a depressing year for the Red Sox. The Red Sox traded away their best player, Mookie Betts, after a 2018 World Series run. Yeah. Or World Series win. Traded away Mookie Betts, David Price, and ate some of his salary. So not an excuse to have no passion for the game. You get paid millions to play. My but – understandable yeah uh i never realized how good jd martinez really was like i knew he was a solid player but i'm looking back 19 he hit 36 home runs 100 ribbies he hit but he yeah. hit 300 with a 140 ops plus 2018 he was even better he had a 173 ops plus 2017 another one so like pretty sure in 2018 uh mookie won mvp but he was runner up he's fourth 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 but that's okay. insane as yeah. what, what what position did he play was he a he was right field, I think. No, he was a DH. Not the whole time. It has I, DH was his primary position, but he also played left and right. Left and right, okay, yeah. So, but I, either way, um, yeah, I did not know JD was like that. Like, I knew he was a solid, solid hitter. I'm drawing but, a complete blank God. here. Where did they get him from? I'm drawing a complete um, blank. I remember. I want to see the White Sox. I was Chris no, Sale. No, he was know. 17. He was on the Tigers. Then he went to Tigers. the Diamondbacks. No, he went to the Diamondbacks for half a season. They traded oh, him at the deadline. And then I think they older. either signed him in free agency. I can't remember. I think they signed him in free agency. Uh, anyways, um, Rotation I can see a big bounce back there because I think he's just going to be uh, much happier to play the game. And... Um, I, Big I, RBIs. Uh, he, he needs to. If the Red Sox want to uh, watch competitive baseball, or start play competitive baseball, give the fans something good to watch. He's got to step it up. He's got to take on a mentorship role for Verdugo. Um, and then a top four with you know Devers when he's on, um, Bogarts, JD, and Verdugo could look nice. I think that's one of the better top fours in the league. Yeah, man, like that. That's what's funny is is many people have the Red Sox and like the bottom tier of of teams in the MLB right now, and I think that's just so wrong because I, I think they're a solid team still. Like the pitching obviously needs some help, which we'll get to in a second, but the lineup yeah. is still elite. Like even though you lost bets, like Bogarts for I don't Duma, know if I'd go Devers, as far as Martinez. saying elite. It's gonna I take mean, something from like Bobby Dalbeck. I mean, and yeah, Vasquez, so. but it's it, definitely a good lineup still. Yeah, because if you think like if if, Vas, if Vasquez hits, if Dahlbeck hits, and if Cordero However, does anything I, at all, like that's a decent lineup. It is, but I I still think it's good for no more than third in the AL East. Even and that's even third yeah. is a bit of a push. Yeah, that's what I'm saying here. Is is it's unfortunate that they're in a really good division. Like 
you put them in any of the other five divisions, sorry, other four divisions, not the AL, not the, not, sorry, neither of the AL or NL Easts, you put them in any of the other four, they cut their, their ceiling is top three. I feel like in our division, their ceiling is fourth. I agree. I agree. Uh, well, their ceiling is four. No, I'd say their ceiling is three as well. I don't think like, they, but they finish higher than the Rays. I know. Well, see, I, I, I think they could. Like, if we're talking about ceiling, absolute ceiling, if everything goes right for the Red Sox, Chris Sale comes back when he's supposed to come back, and he comes back healthy and and dominant, like Chris Sale is. You know, get that slider running away. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez has a great bounce back year. Then I could see them beating the Rays because, to be honest, um, the Rays rotation after losing Snell and uh, and Morton picking up Patino, it's not that it's not that nice. We'll get to them in a second, but yeah, I I, I could see them taking third. I don't think it'll happen, but I could see it. I could see it. Actually, if we're talking about that, the Rays are projected to lose seventy nine, and the Red Sox are projected to lose seventy seven. So uh, apparently, the Red close. Sox are projected to finish higher than the Rays. Yeah, which but, I don't but believe. Still close. Um, yeah, another though. I think the Rays just kind of pull something out of their butts every year. That's um, the Rays surprises everybody. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, let's let's quickly go through this rotation. Um. As of now, it's Eovaldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, Garrett Richards, Perez, and Pavetta. Sale comes back, expected back uh, mid-June, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, with Sale back, the rotation Sale, Eduardo Rodriguez, Eovaldi, Richards, and like Martin Perez or something like that. That's not bad. That's once again, that's like a third in your division rotation, in my opinion. Like that's nothing. Mm-hmm. Even, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's. Well, like a whole bunch of those guys, like Martin Perez, I'm not big on at all. Um, Me neither. There's a whole bunch of guys there that I think <laughs> the only reason they have jobs is because they're on a not so great team. Mm-hmm. Um, which Perez is unfortunate to say. Yeah, Perez and Pavetta specifically, but um, yeah. So I think that that's uh, the bullpen is going to be who's closing for them. Brandon Workman still? No, he's with the Phillies. Oh, that's right. Matt Barnes is their that. closer. He's actually Matt pretty Barnes. nasty, insane strikeout stuff. And then they got Ottavino and Brazier as the seven and eight. Ottavino, uh, you know what? He, that that was a good thing. It was a good thing. Um, shame that uh, New York had to let him go for salary cap, but uh, you know how I feel about New York. It is what it is. Um, the rest of the bullpen don't care. Uh, Ottavino, <laughs> Ottavino and Barnes. That's not bad. Like it's a good eight nine. Ottavino's got that nasty, nasty off speed stuff. That sliders. That sliders so gross. Sliders my favorite pitch in baseball. And then one, and something I, just to go, oh. just to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Something I adore about the slider. You look at different pitchers and their slider. It's my opinion that there's not a single more um, variable pitch, slider. if you will. Yeah, yeah, exactly because. You go look at someone like Chazro. I cannot agree with you more. Filthy horizontal movement. And he and he says the other thing. He throws a slider and it can cut you so far across the plate. And then sometimes you'll get up and he'll throw it and it cuts you right down. Exactly. It's it's just disgusting. You know, you got Chris Sale who's very, very horizontal, and you got this a guy like, like Max Scherzer who has inside out movement up and down. That's what I love. So, they're both considered sliders, but but um sales mm-hmm. is more of a sweeping slider and Scherzer is more of a hard bite like down on your slider. Yeah, yeah. Both of them I adore. I adore watching 
those types of pitches. And then you got someone like um, like Corbin who throws a softer slider, doesn't have as much movement, but it's it's consistent and it and it still breaks a lot, very very horizontally as well, but yeah. very uh, a little bit of late downward. It's movement. slower, which is kind of nice. It's a nice mix. Yeah, and and Kluber the same way with his slider, uh, yeah. and you know those guys don't rely on heat so much as finesse, which is something I appreciate as well. Um, so moving on, I, I love that uh, little rant. Love talking yeah. pitching. <laughs> <laughs> I know I could yeah. talk about it for hours. And Dude, hours. I'm a pitcher. I don't mind talking all day about that. <laughs> um, I got you. Tampa, you want to do Tampa? Tampa, Tampa. Let's go to Tampa. Um, Tampa Bay, they're, they're gonna have a good year. You know, we talked about it before. I see them finishing third or fourth in the East. Um, I don't think it'll be that wild between, or sorry, I think it can be pretty wild between them and Boston. Uh, then I go. No expanded playoffs. Yeah, just just to say one last thing. No expanded playoffs. I don't see either team making the playoffs. Okay. A bit of a hot take, but uh, I don't see either team making the playoffs. That's pretty spicy, man. Um... Okay, I, well, I, let, let, let me explain that reason. I can agree. No, I okay, go. Um, yeah, sorry, it just goes. I see one wild card going in the Jays, maybe the Yankees. If the Yankee, if everything goes wrong for the Yankees, like it typically does, everyone gets injured because they built that team out of glass. I've said it thousands of times on this podcast alone. Can't build a team like that with no durability and expect to win much. Um, and it's shown so. Maybe the Jays could somehow, if they get some nice pitching from guys like Elvis Luciano, stuff like that. I maybe, maybe in some world they take first place in the East. But either or, two spots of the American League are going to two people, two, two, excuse me, to two teams in the American League East: the Yankees and the Jays. Then I have Oakland winning the division, and I honestly think Houston could be a strong contender for that wild card because. They have guys like Christian Javier. They have guys like Framber Valdez and um, Jose Urquidy, who've all shown really great flashes. Urquidy last postseason was phenomenal. Um, so I could see them taking the other wild card. And then um, even the Angels, we'll see what happens with them. The Twins are the last team, really. And the yeah. The, the, oh, well, what am I? What, yeah, no, I, I don't see I don't see either team making uh, – the, sorry, the Rays or the, or the Red Sox making the playoffs when one one wild card is for sure going to Toronto. I'm assuming they finish second. And then the other wild card, it, it has to go to a central team. Okay, see, here's where I'm going to disagree. Um, I take uh, – we'll talk about this in a couple of episodes when we get onto the AL West, but I'm on the Astros winning the division. Um, who they cheated. I know we hate them. I do hate them, but I still have them as the best team in the West. I think the A's take the second wild card. Yeah. I, I, to me, it's it's Jays and Oakland are the two wild card teams. Um, okay, I'll disagree with you there because I'm going to say I don't think Oakland took that much of a step back. They lost Liam Hendricks, but they signed Trevor Rosenthal um, to a bigger contract than I thought. One year, 11 million is 11 million AAV is, is, is quite much for, for the Oakland know, Athletics. Um, but yeah, uh, Houston took big steps back. They lost Verlander for the whole year. Um, so they got to rely on their young arms. They have no other choice. They lost George Springer, which is massive. Um, so, yeah, they still have a potent lineup. They have Bregman. They have Correa. They have uh, Brantley. But I still see Oakland as the superior team there. Um, and then on the other side, 
I could even go ahead and say neither team will win a wild card because you got the White Sox finishing top of the top of the um, of the Central, and then you have Twins. And who Indians. I think is going to be the the Twins or the Indians, and I think we'll talk about it in a later episode. But watch out for those Indians. Everyone's sleeping on them because they traded away Lindor and Carrasco. Watch out. I know. I I agree a hundred and ten percent with you there. I I'm really big on the Cleveland Indians this year. I think they're going to win. Plus 80, 45 games, and I think it'll be interesting. Oh, I see, see them winning 90, if I'm going to be honest. And that's Ooh. a hot take, I know. But okay. uh, the rotation is, isn't is much worse. They got Plezak Savelli behind Bieber. Tristan McKenzie as well was phenomenal last year. I think Logan Slotson um, is the five. Mm-hmm. Then you have even... Oh, here I go saying we're not going to talk about it, but let me go <laughs> off anyways. Uh, Fran Reyes, someone I'm very big on. Uh, I think he's going to hit a whole lot of home runs, be a very big power outfielder. Um, Ahmed Rosario gives some defense up the middle. That's who they got in the Lindor trade. Jose Ramirez is going to play a Jose Ramirez baseball. I have a good feeling. So I think that their combination is just enough run support and just enough pitching to make it work. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I like the Indians. I think they're going to do big things this year. The rotation is very... Very underrated. Um, I agree. Yeah. Similar to the underrated rotation with the Indians, let's talk about these Rays. Um, we'll Finally. go by these quickly because we still have to talk about the Blue Jays and the Yankees, so that's going to take up a lot of time, so we should do this kind of quick. Um, I'll I run agree. through their, their lineup, the rotation, the pen, and then you can... Uh, um, Pick it apart. Yeah, after I do that, we can just talk about what you like, what you don't like. Hey, catcher, yeah, they got sure. Mike Zanino brought him back. Whatever it is, it is. First base, G-Man Choi, the sexiest man in baseball. Second base, Brandon Lau. Uh, active baseball player. Let's not forget about Bartolo. I forgot about Bartolo, sorry. G-Man Choi, you have it for now. Bartolo was... He's making that comeback. Age 50 season. Don't, don't, if... oh don't count God. him out. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Third base, Joey Wendell. Shortstop, William Damas. Left, center, right is a Rosa Reina. Kevin Kiermaier and Manny Margot, DH Austin Meadows. Uh, anything on that lineup, Lorenz? Um, I really like Joey Wendell. I think he's got a very peculiar batting stance, but it works for him. He's very old-fashioned. He doesn't bat with batting gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like Joey Wendell. He's a fun player to watch. Um, good defense as well. Uh, Margot, great defense. Um, Kiermaier. 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 You know, um, I think... He's a great defender. I think he's a bit overrated. I think he has one too many gold gloves. Um, okay, yeah, that's just that's just me. I, I think there's been past times where Kiermaier's won the gold glove, and I've seen better options. I think he should always be a finalist, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then not much else. The Rays, you know, do a lot with not a whole bunch. They're, they're going to play small ball baseball, which is very exciting to watch. Uh, yeah. Shame yeah. only six people will tune in. And... Um, <laughs> You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if this podcast gets more views. But, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that, that's all I really have to say about the raise the raise bats. They 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 work. They work. I like to. They're unconventional. Yeah, uh, I like to throw out a, another hot take with the raise lineup is William Damas. I feel he's he breaks out this year, um, only Absolutely. for one reason. Um, aside from the fact that I really like him, another reason is uh, there's a guy named Wander Franco. If you haven't heard, coming uh-huh. up very soon, and uh, I think that'll, um, as Lorenz likes to say, light a fire under Julio Damas to get him going. Uh, he's always been de- good defensive, de- good defensively. Um, the bats average. Um, the only I feel thing like- I say, Rich, is uh, 
he knows that spot's going to Franco no matter what he does. Uh, he That's what I'm have, saying. He could win MVP, and that spot's going to Wonder Franco. Oh, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. I and my I meant was he needs to play for his job, not necessarily on the race, just a job. Oh, yeah, yeah, for a job, yeah. yeah. Um, because if he goes off this year, I could totally see the Rays trading him. That's just the Rays. Even yeah, if they didn't have Franco, they'd still trade him. But like they would now yeah. trade him for a reason to go to a team to start. That's kind of his mentality. Kind of like you say with Vladdy all the time. Oh, there's guys mm-hmm. coming up. Come on, light a fire under him. But now Adamas has the same thing. Wander Franco's coming up. Let's 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 put it all together now, kid. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for me with the lineup. We're moving on. Okay, so you want to fire out the rotation? Yeah. Quickly. Uh it's the one is solid, and then after that's bad. It's Glass now, Rich Hill, Chris Archer, Yarbrough, and Waka. One thing I'll say real quickly on this is they have a lot of kind of bounce back candidates and two that I love is Archer and Michael Walker. I loved Walker when he was with mm-hmm. the Mets last season. He was actually, he had a really good year, kind of under the radar, a lot of strikeouts, but he also, uh, his ERA was a little bit inflated, but he had a better year than you think. Uh, Chris Archer has always been one of my favorite pitchers to watch. Uh, I loved him when he was at Tampa. hated him when he was at Tampa also, Jay's fan. Um, excited to see what he does this year, bouncing back from thoracic you know what? something surgery i can't remember what he had but mm-hmm. uh go for it lorenz what do you think i you know chris archer i love chris archer i've always been big on him even on his time with pirate with the pirates he pitched okay so this is, is going to be hard to say because dude he helped me so much in fantasy two years ago <laughs> i remember I, I had him too for a bit um he pitched well but the thing that absolutely murdered him was the long ball yeah, absolutely destroyed him. But he struck out batters at, at a high rate, and when he wasn't giving up home runs, he was shutting people down. And something I'd like to draw attention to: someone who had that exact same problem was Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy led the league in home runs allowed in 2019. You guys remember Dylan Bundy? He had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, he did. So I could see the same thing happening with Chris Archer. And um, I like that. A little bit, you know, it kind of sucks as a Jays fan, but. Um, from a baseball fan perspective, you love to see someone find their groove again. And really, if if a pitcher is to find their groove anywhere, it's it's the Rays or it's the Astros. And that's fair. Yeah. Nowhere Archer's gone. <laughs> um. Anybody else? Glass now. I have anything on Glass now? He's gross. What else you want to talk um, about? He he is gross. I'm a little bit more conservative when it comes to Glass now than the average person. I feel I still see him with as someone with control issues, and that was evidence in the playoffs last year. I found oh my in God, certain yeah. games. In certain games, um, so I, I he's young, so there's stuff to put together still. Um, I don't see him breaking out. I don't see him being. You know, he could. He could. It's over just, I don't under two hundred strikeouts. Over, over, over two hundred strikeouts. The strikeouts is, is what the projected is. Over under. Yeah, no, I, like I, I see over two hundred seventeen or whatever. I'll see over that too. Like, yeah, I, I agree could see him getting two two thirty. But that, that's not my concern. My concern is is how many walks he'll allow, how many you know, how many hits, how, you know, how many wild pitches. It's it's that more than anything else for me. Yeah. But that being said, there's a role for him, and his role right now is to step up and fill the place of the number one. Whether that pressure is something he's gonna embrace and and take with stride, and it's gonna fuel him to do better, or if it's gonna cause him to you know get nervous that he's letting down his team, whatever. It's going to be an interesting season for Tyler Glasnow. I'm not super big on him, but it's another guy I could see who proves me wrong. And I wouldn't be necessarily upset about that. Okay. Uh, bullpen, I'll run through a couple of names. 
Did we, uh, did we finish the rotation there, Chief? Yeah. Uh, our Hill, Archer, Yarbrough, Waka. We didn't really talk about ah, Hill okay, and Yarbrough, yeah. but I don't have much to say about them. Yeah, no, no. All right. Trombo that's good. Me. Beautiful. Um, wrote the bullpen. It's one of the best in baseball. I love it. Uh, Pete Fairbanks, Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo, mm-hmm. Ryan Thompson, Chaz Rowe, Ryan Sheriff, Cody Reed, Fleming, and a few. Uh, the last couple guys, not really big names, but they're still solid guys. If you actually, if you're a big baseball fan and you watch a lot of Rays games, but their big names are Nick Anderson, who's just gross. Uh, Diego Castillo, equally gross. Rowe and Fairbanks, but yeah. Um, go for it, Lorenzo. Um, Chaz Rosemont is, I think, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say this lightly because I, I might be forgetting a couple people, but Chaz Rose is my favorite reliever in baseball. Um, he's, he's gross. Uh, there's not much you know, else to say. He's not the absolute best when it comes to run prevention, which I suppose is something that's a little bit important, but you know, his pitches are a little bit dirty. Just a wee bit. My gosh. So, um, Nick Anderson throws heat. He's uh, he's great. Disgusting in the playoffs, apparently. Um, game six, you love to see it. Then, uh, you know, Fairbanks is, is phenomenal too. You know, the Rays have a fantastic bullpen. It's always been one of their strengths. It um, it's always a weapon. The Rays, whenever the Jays play the Rays, or whenever I watch a team play the Rays. I always feel like if you don't get to that starter, if you don't get runs on the board up against that starter, that's it for you. And for the most part, that's how their games play out. Now, yeah. now that now see, I, I make that statement and I, I just like to add something else to it. I felt that way before the three batter minimum when Kevin Cash could play his matchups till high noon. That's not the case anymore. They still have all those great weapons, but it's going to be interesting. I can't stand that rule, but it's something that's in the game for now. So deal with it i suppose yeah i can't stand a lot of rules that they've added but let's definitely not talk about that today that'll that'll take a very long rant for another day yeah (laughs) um before we move on to the toronto blue jays uh tampa bay rays over under 500 and playoff spot or no playoff spot over 500 no playoff spot i agree that's all we got to talk about i see them winning like 87 maybe maybe 87 That that's a ceiling, I think. Eighty-seven is yeah. the most. I, oh, I, well, I feel oh, well, more like eighty-four, eighty-three. Even something that I, I suppose isn't in the projected rotation is Luis Patino. Um, so that could be an interesting surprise. He didn't. He wasn't fantastic for the Padres last year, but like like we were saying with Chris Archer, uh, the Rays are a place where pitchers go to rejuvenate their careers. So Luis Patino could be interesting. He doesn't really have to rejuvenate it, rather, but uh, get it started. So we'll see. Very high ceiling for him. I could see the Rays winning between 82 and 87. All right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it'll be an 83 win season is my take on them. Somewhere around oh, there. just over 500. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, speaking about the Jays, we obviously are going to be a little bit biased when we talk about them now. But uh, to avoid <laughs> that, to we'll, we'll, we'll limit, uh, A, the bias and – it will limit maybe how much we talk about them here because we're running a little long now, and um, mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Let's, I'll, I'll quickly dive through the lineup. Um, catcher Danny, first base is uh, Vlad. Second is is uh, catcher. Sammy. Sorry, just just to interrupt you right there. <laughs> catcher is Danny for now. Keep okay, going. relax, pal. This season he's going to be the catcher. It'll be I can't the stand Danny. And then Danny. Kirk. No, you want to bet? You want to bet? I, I see Danny. I see uh Captain Kirk, Kirk not, over there. Starting. He's not making the teams coming opening day. He'll make the team in like 
don't really? Know. Well, let's, I don't let's even know. Honestly, training training comes it, it's so weird because of the um, service time issue is like, if he didn't play last year, he wouldn't be on the team this year, obviously. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I know I know he's been taking reps at catcher with all of the Jays starting pitchers, and they all feel really comfortable throwing to him, or such has been reported. Yeah. So like, I, I, I see him catching at least backup. And I think if they don't give him at least a chance at semi-regular time playing backup, there's a problem. Because that yeah, guy like, can hit. If I'm If I'm the Blue Jays manager, I'm definitely taking Kirk oh. as my starting catcher, but we're not going to talk about the Blue Jays manager right now. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> manager of the year might Jesus. something. First um, base. We're, let's, let's, just, let's just move on. This might take some time base, if we, we, we can dive into a rabbit hole. And I don't want to do that. First base, Vlad. Second base, Simeon. Third base, Beige. Shortstop, Bichette. Left center, right is uh, Guriel, Springer, and Teo. DH, Rowdy. Um, there's so much to talk about here. I think I'll highlight Bichette being one of the best hitters on this team. I he is a little bit underrated, I think. Um, really, me, I think he's. I kind of guess he's properly rated. Mainly to me because he doesn't have a lot of experience, and he doesn't have a lot. Sorry, a lot of plate appearances. Shall I should say? Ah. Um, I think in a full 162, if he plays like 140, 150 ish, I think he's going to be absolutely insane. I, I love Bo Bichette. Uh, another bat to keep an eye out, obviously, Springer. Um, if he can continue to be Springer, um, the Jays got themselves an absolute stud for this lineup. I am so excited to see him in a Blue Jays uniform. Yeah. Um, Guriel, spectacular defender, great bat. Biggio, like, we could talk about all these guys. Do you have anything you really want to get off right now? Um, more so the absence of Randall Gritchick in the starting lineup. Okay. Um, so I like that starting lineup there. I think that gives us the best off the most offensive firepower aside from Danny Jansen instead of Alejandro Kirk. Um, however, Randall Gritchick, I've been saying it for a while. He needs to be moved. The man deserves regular playing time. He's very streaky. I don't really want him in the opening day lineup. I, I, I'd much rather have Teo and, and Telez tabbed up. Mm-hmm. But especially after the season Gritch had, move him for a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Move him for – it's not too late. It's not too late. No, it but move is. him for a pitcher. I don't know. Um, rotation? Even a reliever. Move him for something. Dude, we, yeah, I know. They need to get some sort of pitching for him. Like the rotation – listen to this rotation. It's, it's, it's Ryu as your number one. And then uh, projection has – Robbie Ray is the two, and I think it's definitely Pearson. But hundred percent, yeah. It's, okay, let's say Ryu, Pearson, Robbie Ray, Rourke, Mats. But you got to think like Rourke and Mats at the four and the five. That is nowhere near to locked in. Locked in will be like Anthony K, Thomas Hatch, TJ Zoic. Um, who else is there? Stripling Ch- Chatwood. I heard is in Pittsburgh, mm. but those guys yeah. are all gonna fight for your four, your five, even uh, Waggis pack, which is nice. If I'm gonna be, I love honest, that. I, like this. I yeah. love that. That's one thing I'm excited for. When spring training hits, I'm hyped just to watch the battle for the four and the five. That's what excites me because I want to see these guys just show up. Like I want Anthony K to come to camp and just shove and then earn himself a, a starting rotation spot. Oh, I, don't, I don't think that'll happen, but I, I want to see that. Yeah, someone I didn't hear your name was Elvis Luciano. And um, I, I think he's taking a spot in that rotation. I think he'll be the four or five. And I think that kid's got a whole lot of upside, a whole lot of potential. And the upside is so – the upside is ridiculous. I just don't think he makes the team this year. 
Um, I you know, and I don't really want to rush him either because I don't see the Jays winning a World Series this year. So I say, take exactly. it slow. Take yeah, it take slow. Be competitive. Make the playoffs. I'll be happy. All right. Um, Rot- uh, ro- uh, just one, one last yes. one last person Go. that we didn't talk about. It's a bit of a crime that we almost forgot. Vlad Guerrero Jr. lost forty two pounds this season, this off season rather. Um, I expect big things from Vlad, and if he doesn't deliver, I think he needs to be moved down the lineup. And um, and I think he needs to to realize that he's not going to be handed everything, and he's got to work for it. If he doesn't put in, I and I think he does realize that he apologized to his team for showing up so many uh, or two off seasons out of shape. Um, but yeah, I think. Vlad realizes it, and I think it's time for everyone else to realize it too. If Vlad doesn't produce this season, it's time to explore other options. Wow. Or move him down the order and not view him as your future star. Okay, and focus so... on guys like Bichette and um and Biggio and Guriel and Teoscar yeah. and Austin Martin, Groshans with a fantastically deep farm system. Exactly. See, the thing with Vlad is when he was coming up in 18. And 19, he was viewed as the number one um, prospect for us. And he was one of the best friends. But the thing is, though, he wasn't that bad in in 19 and 20. Like, like people are, I I, I hear, the thing is, though, like, I hear people saying bust. And when I hear that, I get upset because he hasn't played enough to say that yet. But with Has that he being played said, a full 162? no, in, in, in 19, he played, he came up and ended April. I think it was. So I think he played 120 something. I'm checking out to be sure. Uh, well, so maybe, so maybe he does have a bit over 162. The point is he has one, 183 plays. Uh, okay. So it, but, it's, it's not that much over. But what I'm trying to say is Vlad is at the point now where if he sucks this year, which I don't think I, I'm so high on him this year, I think he's going to be. Oh, amazing. I agree. I, I am too. I was just saying in uh, in the event. He if does. He, yeah, if he has a bad year, then you're allowed to maybe say bust. Like this guy had so much hype, and that's tough coming up with all that hype on you. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think he he had it rough in the first couple of years. But people forget that he was one of the top prospects in all of what well, was the top prospect in all of baseball. So I think if he can put it all together now, oh man, he's he's gonna be insane. Forty one. I mean, he had ridiculous like, numbers. Oh. He had like he hit like four hundred in, in double it's A for a while. How good he was. Um, but you know, it's something else to take note of. He's not his father, but his father they, they have similar swings. And if you know, you could say genetics plays something. His father started his career very slow as well. The great, uh, you know, Vladimir Guerrero uh, Senior, mm-hmm. um, Hall of Famer, started his career slowly as well. So. I don't think it's time to jump ship yet, like quite yet after 180 games. But once you get to the 300 game mark, if Vlad is still struggling or he's hitting 265 with little pop, see, I'll tell you right now what his biggest problem is. And it's good that this is his problem because it's adjustable and it's fixable. He hits the ball on the ground way too much. Mm-hmm. He rips the cover off the ball. Oh my! But gosh, it's always on the ground. It's always on the ground. If he changes his launch angle just a bit, I'm not saying that the ball always has to go out of the park, but just hit line drives instead of the double play. Mm-hmm. Then if, when he starts hitting line drives, ripping them as hard as he can, 
that's when he'll be he'll his be average will start to jump. His on base will and jump. Everything we've seen just... it happen. We've seen it happen. There have been stages like on stretches. in Vlad's career yeah. where it, it does work. So the potential is there. It's just whether or not he, he's capable of putting it all together. Whether he's capable, I believe, yes. Whether he will or not, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that's enough on Vlad. Let's move on yeah. here. Uh, bullpen, Kirby Yates, Romano, Dolis, Chatwood, Baraki, Phelps, and Merriweather. I love the bullpen. I think our the, the Blue Jays bullpen is maybe a little biased here, but one of the most underrated pens in all of the MLB. Uh, I think, I'd, I'd say I'd say it's good for a top five in, in the MLB. Um, that's, I agree, and I feel like a lot of people have us as like a top 15. That's why I think we're super underrated, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't give the Jays bullpen the respect that it should get. To be fair, it is going to depend a lot on health. Um, but and like performance from Kirby Yates, I'm not worried about him at all. He's Kirby Yates, but he did have an abysmal 2020, so it was highlight, highlighted by an injury, though. So, he did not have an abysmal 2020. His 2020 was let me see, his 2020 was 4, ERA. His 2020 was four innings. Oh, but then he got shut down, oh, but, but he wasn't good in those four innings. Okay, who cares about it? It's four innings. Ah, okay. Well, that's if you, four if, if, opportunities. If, if, like, uh, yeah, I, I guess because his ERA was garbage, but it was four innings, so I take literally no value to that at all. I suppose. Uh, I, either way, what I'm saying is I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be uh, a, a rock. And then to have Jordan Romano in your number eight, Dolis so at the seven, other Chatwood, options, Merriweather, Chatwood, yeah, you, you know, there's middle guys too, like Trento. The Jays, I, I feel like, are best suited more than anyone else to have really uh, bullpen base because they have guys like Trent Thornton, Jacob Wagespeck. You all throw them in there. Give, they'll get you two innings each. You get some combos. Stripling, so many guys, man. Right? Stripling, too. Yeah, so I think bullpen days will be nice and fun to watch. I, I always love bullpen days because, it, it, you know, it's almost like a showcase. You you showcase your bullpen. You show what it can do, what it can't do. It lets you identify who's strongest, who's weakest, and um, it's productive for the team, I think. Yeah, man. Um, Toronto Blue Jays, wild card, yes or no, over under 92 wins. I'll take the under on 92 very slightly. I, I'll probably see them winning 90. Um, maybe even 89, um, between 89 and 90 wins. And then the over the wild card for sure. Um, uh, yeah. Fangraphs has it's the Jays tough, winning tough, 88. 88. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm saying between, um, between 89 and 90, well, 89 or 90, I suppose there's no in between there. Um, it, but you know, and, and me saying that I, I do realize the wild card is very competitive. So. It might be close that they don't make it winning with just 89. Yeah, I think the Jays and the Indians maybe are two teams that um, lose the most when MLB decides not to um, have expanded playoffs. So that that's it's tough yeah. for them, but I like I kind of like it this way. I don't know. I'm open yeah. to, to kind of whatever the MLB decides to do. I know this year at least it's they they, they agree they confirmed right no advanced. Um, Expanded playoffs. No expanded playoffs. Yeah, they, I heard rumors oh, that they might change that, but I'm pretty sure it's confirmed though now. I, I would like to see it back in the future. I thought it was a good idea. I'm not a fan of wild card games because anything can happen, and the anything can happen thing in an already anything can happen sport um, doesn't really sit well with me. 
like you go look at the 2019 Washington Nationals who are losing the game going into the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. They're the World Series champions. No one can tell me that the Brewers would have stood any chance against LA. No, uh, absolutely they, not. They, they, they just wouldn't have. So, yeah, then, you know, then who knows what would have happened. I guess that's the beauty of a wild card game too, I guess. But exactly. I, I prefer the wild card series. I'm not a fan of a one-game winner-take-all anything. I don't like it in, in, uh, in football. I don't like it in soccer. And I don't like seeing it in baseball. I'm glad it's just a one-time thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't want to jump into the new rules and stuff too much because that's, a whole, that's another mm-hmm. episode. Um, but before we end here, we have uh, – I say we'll take the next maybe five, ten minutes. We'll just quickly go over the Yankees. Um, I know mm-hmm. we took way too much time on the other teams. Didn't expect to take that long, but it's all good. Uh, New York Yankees, I will quickly run through their lineup, like projected lineup at least, and uh, we'll kind of break it down a bit. Uh, behind the plate, Gary Sanchez, first base, Voight, Hard. second, DJ, third, Urshela, short, Glaber, left, Clint Frazier, center is Hicks. Right field is Judge and DH is Stanton. A couple um, people I want to talk about there. Um, Glaber Torres, what do you think? Me? Uh, Glaber, I love Glaber. I think he bounces back this year. Wait, yeah, he, he had a rough year last year, right? Rough. Try is abysmal. Why do I? I'm, saying, I'm thinking of, oh, I'm thinking of Gary Sanchez even worse. Okay, wait, what was Glaber? Oh, I don't know if you could even say even worse. They were both hot I'm trash. checking. Let me check now. How bad was Glaber last year? I know, I know he wasn't good. Uh, uh, 42 I games. Kind of being disappointed. He hit 243. Oh my god, he was bad. Uh, actually, he had a 102 OPS plus. So it wasn't that bad. Uh, Gary oh. Sanchez was was was. You want to see Gary Sanchez bad? Gary Sanchez last year in 49 games had a 69 OPS plus. Oh my god. He struck out 64 times with 18 walks, and he hit a buck 47. Good old That's Gary. a rough year. That's a, that's the Kraken for you. Okay, uh, but does 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 Gary bounce back this year? No, Gary Sanchez is done. Really? He's barely, he wasn't even wasn't even phenomenal in twenty nineteen. Dude, he's a, he's one year removed from being an all star. In nineteen nineteen, he hit thirty four bombs. He hit two thirty. Yeah, but everyone and their mother hit thirty four bombs in twenty nineteen. That's, that's fair. Yeah, he's he's he, he. I feel like he's becoming one of the. Well, not becoming. He is. Um, I'll hit you 30 home runs, but that's about it. I can't play defense. I can't really hit for average. I'm going to strike out a ton, but I'm just I, there to hit he bombs. Did tighten up a little bit on defense, but not nothing. Is uh, he though? I don't. I don't want. I don't watch a ton of Yankees games, but uh, the ones well, that no, I do, watch, like, it's not looking good. Limit, limiting the pass balls. When I say tightens up, I don't mean he's good defensively. I just mean he went from hot trash to to trash. You, you know. Okay, that's good. Got a little bit better. Uh, anybody else you want to discuss on this team? How about how about Luke Voigt? Luke Voigt. He's an interesting one. I have no idea what to think of Luke Voigt. I do want to just quickly talk about the Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. I think those are the pivots for the Yankees. They're okay. healthy the full season. Um, if Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and their new yoga training over there. Are we really calling them the yoga call? buds now? Is that a thing? Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh Judge got his tooth gap fixed. Maybe that lends to some extra power or something. Who knows? Um, some extra confidence at the play, maybe. I don't know. Jesus. So we stare down the pictures. Uh, man. You they need to have nice teeth. Yeah, I know. It's going to be all sunshine. The, the new Mr. <laughs> uh, Mr. Smile over there. Move over, Lindor. Oh. Um, but if they're, if they're both healthy, that team is going to be incredibly scary. But if you go look at track records and uh, 
and how they usually are, that's when I see the Yankees running into the same problem they do every year. An injured team with not a not what well, 2019 they had 32 people on the injured list, the MLB record, something mm-hmm. stupid like that. Um but yeah, it's gonna be interesting. And then so I, I guess we'll say that about the bats. And then moving on to their rotation is you know, off the top of my head, let me think here. It's gonna be Garrett Cole, then it's gonna move on to Corey Kluber, Jamison Talon, Jordan Montgomery, and then probably uh what's his name? Domingo Roman. Wow, dude, you got that spot on. All all five yeah. exactly right. That's pretty awesome. I would have switched Herman and Montgomery. Like if I wasn't looking at this right now, I wouldn't have known exactly. But um, it, it's a it's a rotation full of it, it's it's I've heard it called be called this before. It's it's Garrett Cole and the question marks. That's exactly what this is. You you have no idea what yeah. to expect from any of the other four. Now, Corey Kluber for a long time has been my favorite pitcher in baseball. It's between him and Scherzer, but before. You know, he, he hasn't played in a year and a half. It, it was Corey Kluber. And it, it hurts me so much to see his career get demolished by injuries the way it has been. I really hope he has a bounce back, even though he's on the Yankees. I hope he, he kills the Jays, for God's sake. I want to see this man back in form. I think it's going to happen, too. I think he's going to be 2018 uh, Cy Corey Kluber again, which is a very hot take, I suppose. But that's what I see. That's what I feel. I, I feel him getting back in the groove. Um. Yeah, that's a fair point too. Also, Severino is expected back at some point early in the season. Ah, uh, you so know that's... what? The, I've never cared for Severino. He's gonna play four wow. games. He's gonna go down with Tommy John for like the third time in his career, and uh, that's all I have to say about Sevy. Okay, I like Sevy. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not huge on Sevy. I just think he's he's a solid pitcher when he's healthy. Uh, if he he slides into the rotation somewhere, that's that's a dub for them. Um, one other guy I want to talk about is DV Garcia. He's not projected to start, but oh my gosh, he should be. That guy is, is I love DV Garcia. Oh my, incredibly high spin rates, everything's just phenomenal. Um, short guy, man. I love, love me some short pitchers. Awesome. Uh, and then you got, um, quickly coming up there, their top prospect. I don't know, I forget his name right now. The Martian, the Martian. Um, Clark what's Schmidt, his name? No. Sorry. Clark Schmidt. No, not the pitcher. The, oh, the next, uh, Jason uh, Dominguez. Jason Dominguez, thank you. Yeah, SET yeah. is like 2025. 20, no. Yes, he's like 12. He's not, he's not 12. Dude, I think he's like 17. He's, he's 19. I think he's 19. He's 18. He's oh, born, okay. He's, so he's a, we'll be up in like four years. Oh, that's 20, He's born in 03. He's a year younger than me. Buddy, he's my age. That's, that's insane. Th- Just take that in. That's insane. Wow. Is he just, are you sure 2025? That's what it says here, but I I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see him in like 2023. Yeah, you know why? Because the Yankees, uh, injuries, 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 and then uh, is, the spot's going to open up for him. September call-up in 23? Oh. I could even see him in 22, to be honest. 20-year-old, like one wow. Soto coming up. Yeah, okay. That's a hot take. I love it. Um, DV Garcia. I'm excited. Good man. I don't see him cracking the rotation this year because I, I see Kluber being healthy. I don't see uh, Taylor doing well, though, unfortunately. Move, just hated, but move, I don't see it. Move Jordan Montgomery to the long reliever in the pen and bring DV back. I love DV. Well, I know you do, but um, 
All right, enough, enough about that. Um, enough about that. Bolchan, Bolchan's always phenomenal. They've lost Adam Adovino, but um, they whatever. Brought, they, it, hey, they brought back um, Darren O'Day to fill in that hole. Because yeah. that's, I don't know. He's not, he's yeah. solid still, I think. No, 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 he's, he's good. Uh, but still, they got Zach Britton. They got our oldest Chapman, the king of blowing the divisional series. Um, in regular season, he's insane, though. Regular season, sure. But uh, what's that matter for, especially from the Yankees fans going on a 12-year World Series drought? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I don't have much to say about the bullpen. It's gross. It's filthy. There's not much. Um, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's all around. It's pretty solid. The Yankees bullpen is filthy in its own right, but I feel like they're, they have the most beatable bullpen out of the Yankees, the Jays, and the Rays. Don't ask me why, but that's how I feel. When right. the Yanks pull out their bullpen, I don't start shaking like I do when the Rays do. See, that's a Lorenz hot take that has no stats to back it up, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I love those. Um, so, yeah, I see the Yankees winning. Why? If, I'm going to give you two predictions here because I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Touch about the weight. Yankees by projections, 95 wins. Okay, so I'm going to say this. I'll uh, – Everything goes horribly wrong with the Yankees, 90 wins. Everything goes amazingly well for the Yankees. I'll put them at 105, and then you have, you know, the injury-prone guys getting injured, but, you know, you get some bright spots, like a nice 97-ish, something like that. Yeah, you took that uh, right out of my mouth, too. I was going to say the same thing. Everything goes wrong, about 90, 92, maybe. Like, they're not losing – sorry, they're not winning less than 90 games regardless (laughs) I don't see it. Uh, no, yeah. At best, like one of three, one of yeah, maybe one of five. I could see that. They're mm-hmm. they're such a good team. If they stay healthy, my well, goodness, that's what I'm saying. If Taylor bounces back to form, if Kluber bounces back to form, Judge and Stanton stay healthy, I could see them winning one of five easily. I hundred percent. Yeah, you gotta love baseball, man. I love how long these seasons are. Oh, it's so exciting, dude. Today is Thursday, February 25th. We officially have two days until spring training begins. And then one month till baseball. Oh, my God. Spring training is baseball for me. I haven't had baseball in so long. I'm I'm happy with spring training. I get I to watch something. I never watch the games. I can never find time to watch the games. I can never find the games on TV. So, for me, it's April at the time. I guess. Anyways. Yeah, I guess. No, spring training is exciting for me. I like watching the, the battles for positional spots. I like keeping up with spring training. I, I don't have time to watch it, but I like reading box scores and um, seeing what's up, watching highlights, stuff yeah, like that. That's fair. Um, yeah. I, I, so that's our uh, – you got anything else to add there, Luch? No, I think Maybe that was the news? perfect episode for our AL East uh, projections, predictions, and hot takes. That's Yeah. That's so this is this is our opinions. We got some facts. We got some uh, some takes. You know, just based on the gut feelings. Um, but yeah, so that's our episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and uh, we'll be right back at you next week with the what are Central. we gonna do next? Which the Central? AL Central up next, guys. See you soon. AL Central up next. A very very interesting, close, hard fought division. What's gonna be? Uh, be sure to tune in for that. So see you next week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>